Hello and welcome once again to the Zone Fitness Podcast, your go-to place for everything health and fitness related. Today, I've got a special guest, Nicola Cottrell. Today, we're going to be talking about diet and mentality, accountability, training for growth, female bodybuilding, bodybuilding competitions, sticking to goals, all sorts. So, I hope you enjoy and let's go. moved in about six weeks ago I think it's six weeks right um, but just trying to like get everything in its place and kind of decide what I need to do and all that sort of thing so oh. it's good yeah how are your sprints I didn't do any today <laughs> ah! jammy calf jammy calf I went on a really long walk yesterday and it just didn't feel good yesterday night last night oh, yeah. so I just didn't really want to upset it. Plus, I didn't really obviously add on any unnecessary stress onto my training anyway. Because no, we'll probably get into it. in this discussion. We'll uh, probably get into recovery and stuff like so. Yeah, I don't mm. want to be doing anything like stupid. <laughs> no, it's scary, isn't it? Just like that's part of it, avoiding all the injuries. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, and if, if you if you're doing it right, you know, what I mean, I think it's very hard to come by. I think, but you get in, like. I got injured walking up the stairs one time during last quarantine. Walking up the stairs, I just pulled my back, and I was just like, I couldn't walk properly for a couple of days. Do you know what? Though it's always something completely random, isn't it? Yeah. Because like first day back when the gyms were open, I was up at zone, thought right, survive it, don't get any injuries. Came home, whacked my bed on, uh, whacked my foot on the bed and broke my toe. <laughs> it's an OD. I don't know where it's going to come yeah. from. Do you know what? It wasn't too bad. It was a couple of weeks, but it was. It went to like a little like purple chipolata and I hit the side. Nasty. And I was like, "Well, we're still doing steps, so just get on with it." (laughs) (laughs) And stop falling off. Yeah, I suppose like during your like again, we're we're going to go into this as well during your prep, like getting that that activity up is key, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's one of the most the easiest variables to control that and your nutrition and then anything else you can kind of play with along the way, can't you? Yeah. Well, if you'd like to just tell the audience a bit about yourself, past couple of years, start of your journey, why you came into it, why you started training, doing what you're doing and just to the day so you can just, just get a yeah, good idea. Yeah, sure. Well, obviously, are. thanks for having me as well. It's really nice to, to have this chat. So my name's Nicola. I'm 36, nearly 37. And... I got into bodybuilding through doing a fat loss transformation kind of phase, which very much started with Gaz and Chloe. So I originally wanted to just lose some weight after having an injury. And I leapfrogged a bollard, drunk. I didn't land the second one very well. Snapped my ankle in half. Had some metal work put in. Plate got infected. And I had to have the plate out, but I've still got some screws in there, which affect mobility a little bit. And then I just really didn't, I was always really active before then and just kind of like really didn't know what I could do, what I couldn't do, but knew that I wanted to do something that would make me feel better to be able to get active and everything. And I was changing jobs at the time as well. I'd broken up with my boyfriend at the time and everything just, I was moving house as well. I like to move house. (laughs) (laughs) I do that very often, but never again. 
And yeah, so I just really wanted to get some guidance from people who knew what they were doing. I'd seen Chloe's kind of like transformation as well and how how well she'd done and I was inspired. And yeah, so I joined the first, I think it was one of the first women's, might have been under 30 or must have been over 30, fat loss programs then. And just like joined in with a really nice bunch of people who were all kind of like doing something a bit different, but with a similar goal and mindset. So they gave us nutritional advice. It was all about being consistent, but eating more calories than I probably thought I was. Tracking consistently. And I just thought, I'm going to have a blank canvas. I'm going to listen to what they are telling me because I know they know what they're doing. And then I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And that started everything, really. So I did that for six weeks. And then after that, I then moved on to it, like did a bit on my own, thought, all right, I've lost quite a good chunk of weight quite happy with that and then I was able to do more of my training so then kind of got more into the into the weight side of things which I always loved but I was still battling with my injury then and kind of coming back from that so all I could do was really deadlift so that's what I did which is enough most of the time yeah well my thinking was is that I was quite frustrated because I couldn't do a lot of things but it was really about changing my mindset and thinking right what can I do then um so at that stage I couldn't do a lot of walking but I could walk into the gym and I could go and get weights. I think I'd have my second operation by then as well to get the plate out. So I was just walking around the gym with a big like plastic covering thing right. over my leg. But it was just really nice to be back around similar type of people and, you know, friends from gym classes and stuff and just have that extra support from people and feel a bit more like myself again. And then probably like did that for a couple of years getting my strength back and then with physio and everything like that as well learning what I could do preventing further injuries because you do pick them up along the way as you're trying to recover as well keeping going learning more about the nutrition side of things and then I started seeing some more influencers on online and I really liked what they were saying around evidence-based practice and just the way that people were saying things really made sense and I thought that actually sounds like it's cutting through the rubbish and the noise it's not a gimmick I've never personally been into Slimming World or Weight Watchers or anything like that I probably wouldn't have felt comfortable in that environment either because even though it was all about how I felt about my own body and the performance of it as well I knew I, I knew that it was I was kind of different coming at it from a different angle for maybe quite a lot of people because I didn't have a lot to lose but I was still kind of looking for that thing that was going to make me tick and was going to kind of like helping other aspects of my life as well so then after that I joined another six-week fat loss program and I got quite lean doing that one and that was with Emma Story Gordon um so ESG Fitness Online she was doing some work with Chloe Maidley who said that um lifting weights everything had helped with her anxiety and how kind of like she felt about things I don't think that I've ever suffered with anxiety in its truest sense or depression but I think you know there's times when I've definitely felt susceptible about it and kind of I've always used exercise as a way to cope with things particularly with it being at the beginning of the day because then I would get quite work obsessed and I would literally just work 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 but if I went to the gym in the morning I would feel that I'd achieved something as well and just kind of like having and the friends that you make there as well just make it an incredible experience and really kind of set yourself up for the day so then I did that six-week program, love six-week program, but I think you need to do it for long enough to kind of know that it does take that long as well. 
saw the results, was dead happy with them, thought, oh, well, I know what I'm doing now. I can just like carry on. And that was much more of a structured weights program, but doing like push pull legs sort of thing. And I really liked it. Went into the, I call it normally like the men's area or testosterone. <laughs> felt quite comfortable there. Yeah. <laughs> it was really nice. Met like another like really nice bunch of people. And then from that, I just felt a bit lost when I didn't have a have a goal. I was quite happy with how I was looking and how I was feeling and everything. And then I'd always looked up to bodybuilding and thought, I asked the question, I was like, do you think I could could do something like that? And then, so obviously, if you ask somebody who you're going to pay to teach you to do it, they say yes. (laughs) 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 And then before then, yeah, I just went straight in and knew that I kind of had a mindset that I was going to need to learn an awful lot about it. I could have gone into a, tried for a competition within like the first six weeks or something, but I thought, I haven't got a clue what I'm doing. I'm going to really underestimate what is what I need to be able to do for that. I don't know how it's going to feel. I don't know enough about it and everything or what I'll need to do. Didn't feel ready. So I thought, no, I'll wait until the following year and really kind of like have a good crack at it because I know that it takes years to build muscle. I think I had like a good enough kind of like base in there, but I knew that it was about shape and about symmetry. I wanted to get over the kind of imbalances from my injuries and stuff as well. So I thought, no, I'll take a year and go for it. Those kind of things you said about like the, the goal, having that goal as well. When I started losing the weight, it was kind of like I had that kind of, it was kind of, it was a bit of a fake goal in a way in my head. It was kind of like, yeah. I just want to, I just want to lose some weight. Like emotional, don't you? You're attached to. Yeah. And mine was, if I get under seven and a half stone, because I'm five foot, so yeah. it's quite relative. Like I'd be like an eight to a 10 at that point, probably. I'd be like, yeah, that's my happy weight. And then when you reach it, you're like, oh, hold on, this isn't doesn't mean the same thing anymore. Definitely, like especially when you when you the more you get down to it as well. I think it, it comes with experience, does it? Because I've I've done a couple of fat loss phases. The first one was the initial big drop, um, yeah. and I was I was building some muscle during that, um, and I I went on to some. Uh, there was a guy called Kino Body, and I looked at his YouTube videos, and he was just like, yeah. "You can become a Hollywood actor, in, in, you know, <laughs> become the superhero physique." And I was like, "Yes, that's what I want." Okay, he was um, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I started following his three-day plan. It was it was basically a push-pull leg split, but it was more it was more a bit more focused around strength training. So I think for the initial six months when I started, I was definitely building muscle. But then, because they didn't really have the necessary understanding behind the, the muscle building and stuff, I was and the, the nutrition behind it, because I was still in a, a pretty big cut, I was yeah. maintaining pretty much after that six months. And I didn't think I really took advantage of that newbie phase in that way. Oh, but, no, newbie phase. Yeah. <laughs> Something That's real, right. uh... Yeah, I didn't mind breaking my ankle after I got newbie gains after that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you, you wish you can go back and just, like just instruct yourself and go right this is what you need to do do this do this do this take advantage i think that's part of the fun is the learning and that even though you know what you know now is so much more than when you first started but you know that there's so much more that you can learn as well yeah like the more you know the less you know isn't it like in terms (laughs) of like pretty much everything but especially in terms of how the body works how it functions how it performs how it improves there's so much that 
it's kind oh. of like anecdotal and kind of bro-y in a way like bro science but it's it works but it, we don't fully yeah. understand the the mechanisms behind it exactly and it's the fact that it takes so long the human body is the biggest set of variables that you could possibly have that we're then trying to control it's a mad experiment but it's it's just so rewarding yeah definitely it's like the same with the nutrition i suppose as well isn't it like yeah. how complicated it is a lot of like when we strip it down to, to people it's like calories in calories out but the the, the the millions of things that are happening in between that sandwich is obviously you don't you don't want to tell all that you can tell all the mechanics behind it but it's not going to help people yeah. is it? but i think yeah. some people do take these things to the extreme in terms of like the the, the principles and they, they'll go to one extreme or the other and that's i think that's where you you've said before about the influences and stuff like the people that take those things to the extreme and then try and capitalize on that to make money like you know keto like for instance yeah it just makes things more complicated than i think it has to be but kind of like in this premise that it's actually making it easier by saying you don't have to eat you know you can't eat this you can't eat that you have to do this a lot of it is trial and error and it's finding what works for you knowing that if you're like you said before, knowing what your goal is. If your goal is fat loss, then you need to overall be in a calorie deficit. How you do that is learning how it works for you and what works for you. But if you can understand the principles behind that main goal, you can get there. It's just figuring a way that works for you. And then if it's muscle building, you need to be obviously in a slight calorie surplus, finding out what that is, and then doing it for long enough to see the results come but it will come like it, it is fact it, it's just doing it for long enough doing the right things for long enough in a way that you find is sustainable and nobody can really tell you how to do that you can just try different ideas around it different theologies and methodologies and see what works for you yeah definitely and with that time aspect as well a lot of people don't realize how long it takes to build muscle especially for females as you probably are aware. You've got the same potential, but it's you start off at a less, a bit less of a starting yeah. point. You've still got the same amount of muscle building potential, but I think a lot of women are really put off by the this idea that they've got in the head by you know fitness magazines and the internet and fitness influencers that they're scared of getting big, they're scared of getting bulky, they're yeah. of, uh, they, they want to lose weight, they don't want to gain weight. Yeah, it's so funny, the amount of people who said to me, oh, like, you know, like, you look you look great, or, you know, because my figure isn't for everybody either, and it's about you finding, you know, what, what body composition you're happiest yeah. with. Particularly, I think most people around, like, the zone, when I've joined the zone, has been when I'm at my cutting phase, so I'm kind of like obviously trying to get rid of the fat and show the muscle and I went really lean. Be like, oh, you look great, but I don't want to look like you. And I'm like, don't worry, it's actually quite hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, that's another thing we're going to get into as well. <laughs> but I, I thought exactly the same thing. Like I thought if I lifted as heavy weights as I could possibly lift, I used to think I would get massive. Where did that come from, that, like, that thought? <laughs> I don't know because I'm probably too old for Instagram now. <laughs> so it definitely so didn't I, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's probably just from what 
probably from being in school and things. But I was probably more on the side that, because I did PE, GCSE and A-level, and I was always sporty as a kid anyway. And I liked lifting heavy even back then. So my we used to go into the boys' school and um, go in their gym. And I was like, oh, I'm quite strong, actually. And in fact, like, I used to get called Mighty Mouse. (laughs) When working in the kitchens with uh, Chris Adams, if he remembers, um, because I used to go up to the butchers and collect all the hams. Or, like, something needed lifting, you get me on it. And it was just... So I kind of knew that I couldn't really get that hench. But you just would always think, oh, you need to eat loads of food and, you know, how are you going to burn it off? So I think it's probably just from the bro science type things or thinking, if I do the same things as a man... I'm going to get as big as a man, which doesn't make any sense now at all. Yeah. You hire somebody who you trust, who is going to get you to that goal and learn from them and know that it's going to take a, you know, take a fair chunk of time as well. I think that just put, like, it does put people off that, I think, the, the, the time aspect. When you do, when you do actually tell them, it's probably going to take years. And they're like, what? Years? Yeah. I don't want it years. I don't want it now. I want it tomorrow. Because when they find out that they won't get big, they'll, you know, a lot of that, the word tone gets thrown around quite a lot, which I hate. I hate the word tone because I don't actually hate the, the word itself. I hate the, the the implication behind it that people think, they think that there's like a special way to train where you can not, you can yeah. tone, like, I don't even know what the, the, they think tone means. I think when, if you, if you, if you ask someone and you point it towards a magazine, it's like, this is what I want to look like. Yeah. Uh, and then you told them what kind of training they need to be doing. They're like, what? Yeah. Oh, you wouldn't, nothing really equates the two. It's only for the likes of people like, maybe like Gemma Atkinson kind of coming out and having a health, most people want a healthy looking body. Yeah. And therefore you need to do the things that make you look healthy because they're the behaviours that you need to adapt and you need to put into your lifestyle to get there and then how long you do them for and how extreme you take it is kind of like the time scale that goes behind it. And I think there's a lot more people now putting the pieces together so that you can kind of see, right, if you want to look like this, this is what you have to do. There are some people who are showing a really realistic view of that and there are some people who obviously aren't. And I think it's really difficult for people to, from an outside perspective, who've never kind of got into that type of shape or they've never been the shape that they really want to be. It's really difficult for people to understand and to choose the right person to kind of be on their side, to be able to guide them through that as well. And that's where I think it can all go a bit wrong as well. And expectation management, but if you want to build some shape and muscle, it takes years and you can't really do it at the same time when you're trying to lose fat as well. Because I, I love this analogy of being like a melted candle. It just made me laugh because that's exactly how I felt after I did my fat loss phase. I was like, oh, my shape, I haven't got any shape. Just look like, and someone had said, oh, yeah, it's a melted candle thing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, because you've got bone of your skeleton and obviously you've got your muscle and your fat and then your skin that like drapes on top and yeah then it was like right okay I am going to need to take a long time to try and build some muscle underneath this and then go through the fat loss phase again and reveal it again yeah and then well then I really enjoyed it and that's kind of like what I've got addicted to now I think (laughs) what was the the time frame then between the initial starting point the the trimming down phase and the building phase so people know what the time frame is just for you obviously yeah. everyone's gonna be yeah. a bit different 
exactly so from my point of view when I started off more on like the lean side of things so I had 14 months overall to get to where I am to for stage day and that involved four months five months of building muscle so gradually increasing my calories up so that I was putting on body fat as well as muscle which people need to be aware of yeah yeah you have to accept um, and get comfortable with being a bit uncomfortable as well then we did I was aiming for a show in April it was like a bit of a practice one so then I had three months of cutting so calories gradually coming down and your training intensities change slightly as um, change as well it's a bit more higher volume and then I went when lockdown all happened I went straight into a reverse diet so crept back up that scale to try and build some more muscle and kind of like get back what I'd lost in the first cut because as a natural bodybuilder you will lose muscle as you cut your fat and then in the end I had another 10 weeks on top of that where I was um, cutting into the shows that I was doing in September and then um, late uh, mid-September and early October. So it's quite a big time frame isn't it? Yeah definitely when you think it's only when you like reflect back and kind of look at everything that I've done and everything that I've learned within that period as well. So probably like overall it was half spent dieting, half spent building muscle. Yeah, um, so what were, what were the, the, the dieting principles that you used to get down? Because getting down to those lean levels is not something the body wants to do, is it? No, <laughs> it really fought it. So I was on a calorie control, a given a calorie number and a macro target. My fats would normally stay the same. They'd only dropped right at the end because you need to have a certain amount of body fat, uh, sorry, of dietary fat to stay healthy, keep your hormones as intact as you can do. My protein was very high. So as a five foot, I was probably about seven-ish stone then. I was on up to 160 kilogram, uh, 160 grams. And then the rest of it was carbs. And that's kind of where most of the manipulation came from protein timing as well so multiple times throughout the day to try and um, spike and then as the calories got cut first of all they'd be cut from carbohydrates but still trying to keep a high level because obviously you need carbs yeah. help train help you sleep and um, help you recover as well and then try and keeping the protein nice and high as well as much as possible but then it was just really interesting to feel what that calorie deficit really feels like because how, how did you feel your body fighting back? Like Neat. The, stages, the, the stages. biggest one. So just how much I didn't move or how much I had to really kind of like stack it into the mornings. When I woke up, I felt loads, loads better. But then I'd literally feel like the food energy kind of like being drained from me. Yeah. And then I'd be like, right, now I need to eat. Now I need to have something. Then it kind of drops again. And then just like go in those cycles. And then by the end, just go to bed early. Yeah. <laughs> I think like, like getting down to those body fat levels, you probably do become more aware of how the, your, your satiety, your hunger, and how much you actually need in terms of like you're balancing it out. And then when yeah. you get dip below the extreme end, like that bell curve, isn't it? You get that uh, you yeah. dip below the extreme end, and then your body starts fighting back, and it's like, look, you're starving to death. Get some food down. You. Yeah, but I kind of like I knew that that phase was coming. And I thought, well, for this period of time, that's what I need to be doing. That's what it should feel like. So it kind of, it motivated me that it was like that. And I knew it wasn't going to be forever either. Like I was looking forward to doing the reverse out of the comp as well. 
So you've got to kind of like look, I looked at it and thought, right, well, I've got this many weeks to smash this side of it. Then I'll go into the next phase that I'm going to be doing. And I think that's how you can treat like fat loss in general, you know, like for more gem pop sort of thing and a lifestyle. You are only doing it for a certain amount of time to get to where you want to be. And then maintenance is a, is a happy place or it can be. It can have a lot of balance within there. Over like the three years that I was doing an overall fat loss, well, yeah, three and a half um, type of time, there were some times in there and long periods of it where I wasn't food focused at all. It obviously wasn't taking it to the extreme, but I really enjoyed the exercise that I was doing as well and was achieving more performance goals. It's like the first time you do a pull up or a chin up unassisted is incredible. Changing your weight through to kilograms instead of like a stone and pound sort of target, and you think, I've just lifted like two of me. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you know, there's there's loads of different enjoyment points around there as well. It's just, again, finding what works for you. But that extreme level was, it kind of, that excited me because I thought, all right, we're really getting into like the, the low levels now. I think that's what driven me. That's what got me out of bed. It was like, um, I'm going to get lean. I'm going to get as lean as yeah. I possibly can kind of thing because it was kind of like that drive, that extreme goal. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't say probably not everyone needs that goal or has, no. the, or has the mentality of that kind of goal as, you know, I mean, everyone's different on this. So uh, you were saying, like, chunking it up as well. I think Lyle McDonald, I, I read a lot of his stuff and he, he, was, he always says have phases of fat loss. So you, you always yeah. go into maintenance periods. So it's kind of a bit like practice because you're going to be maintaining your weight, hopefully. If you're not bodybuilding or you're yeah. not trying to change your body, you want to be maintaining the weight anyway. So getting that practice in, chunking it up. So I think like usually it's if you've got a lot of weight to lose, you can do like 12 week chunks. So 12 weeks maintain, yeah. 12 weeks maintain, and, and then and then decrease that gap as it, you get leaner and leaner. Yeah. So how long ago did you do your like re- your leanest phase then? Right. So and I I started in May 2016. And it was 108 kilograms, and then I dropped. I took a year, just over just over a year, and I got down to because I, I switched it down to pounds. Uh, oh, 75. Oh, no. <laughs> I got to the point where I was tracking pounds. Yeah. Of weight, so I, I dropped down to 70. Leanest I got was 75, and that was water cut as well. So we did a water cut. Oh um, right, yeah. How did you find that? Um, it was it was strange because I'd never done it before. So I was like, I was down in three three gallons of water a day for two weeks, yeah. and then my body was flushing it out. And then yeah. weird, I isn't it? I know. Yeah, you didn't realise it. I, those kind of things. So I, I like learning about those kind of things as well. Yeah, being part of the process. Like, why is my body doing this? What's what's the mechanics behind this? Why is it doing this? Did the water cut? Got down to my lowest weight. But when it got down to my lowest weight, I wasn't happy mentally. Yeah, um, I just kind of it was kind of like, what do we do now, kind of thing. Yeah. So that's where it shifted onto the more right. So now I'll focus on building some more muscle because I did lose. I think I started to lose, start to lose muscle near the end of the cut because I wasn't. I was. It was a year of cutting, so it was kind of like my body was like, screw you, kind of thing. So yeah. I think in terms of that, it's just like so shifting big goals to more building muscle. But then I kind of went off a bit off track because I didn't have that. What you had was the the the, the diet out the diet, if you know what I mean. So. Yeah, you need that accountability. That's what I found. I needed it. it was a 
really good switch for me to be like, right, I've, I'm investing this money and it will keep me accountable to it. And somebody else is going to, because like you can do it yourself as well. And I know like you're learning so much and know so much already anyway, whereas I really didn't. And I've got an awful lot to learn too. But for me, having that person who I was accountable to really helped. Because I thought, right, I've, put a, I've stuck a number on that now. I'm going to make sure that I do what they tell me to do. Yeah, I think a lot of people just like think just because you you look the part and you know what you're doing doesn't doesn't mean that it's like it doesn't mean you need help. It's like no. it's like I need like I've got a coach at the moment, uh, Luke Jones, and he he sorts my nutrition. Oh, right, yeah. So he's just sorting my nutrition out for me. I don't have to think about that then. So yeah, I just exactly. plug the numbers in. He deals with that, and it's something I don't have to deal with in my life. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if you like if you're micromanaging things. There's only so much you can do, you know what I mean? So before yeah. you start to stress out, because my training plan's already sorted, that's just standard, and then I've yeah. got my nutrition sorted, so I can focus on other things then. That's the thing, isn't it? You know, do outsource it, you wouldn't do your own accountancy or anything. <laughs> no, 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 exactly. <laughs> like, therapists need therapy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Let's talk about the training specifics now. There's not that major differences between female and from what I understand is the, the, the major differences between female and male training more come into the intermediate past novice stage where you have to kind of manipulate more like your rest periods, uh, maybe cycling your training and stuff like that and more volume maybe. If you wanted to yeah. go into like the training in general, what you did to make to build your body. Yeah, sure. So I would train initially five days a week, mainly because it kind of fitted in with work, if I'm honest, because I go to the gym before work and I travel up and everything. I would do a split of a more two upper, um, two upper body, two lower body. And then on the fifth day, I'd kind of just like cycle in one of the extra uppers and one of the extra lowers. And then on the Saturday, I would do body combat because I loved it. Yeah. Uh, a little bit and then metafit as well so a bit more of a hit type thing but that was really just to kind of get my step target done in a different way because there's so many ways to skin a cat and then sunday i'd either go for a big long run because again i enjoyed it which is really important for adherence as well and then the training sessions would start off quite low low reps high weights and then gradually as i got kind of like more into the movements and learned a lot more my deadlift when I very first began was absolutely appalling. How I didn't snap my back in half, I've got, I don't know. Because I used to just go over and pick stuff up. Right. Like, that was it. Yeah. And even though you'd look at something, like, my friends just stepped in and, you know, like, people would help you and that's kind of, like, part of it. Yeah. And that was only, like, say, 14 months ago, whereas I thought I was doing it right all the time right. anyway. No, I wasn't. But part of it is learning about the different movements as well. So they'd be between like more like at the lower end of the hypertrophy range, so like eight reps right. sort of thing, three to four sets depending what exercise it was, and then gradually incorporating more supersets, um, so two sets of exercises together to really exhaust either pre-exhaust or post-exhaust and the muscle movements as well. One set was more kind of like back focus, one was more chest focus for the upper body, and then always had some shoulders in as well because that's really important for the bikini body and any kind of bodybuilding development as well and then it was all about hammering the hams for the leg session and glutes together and then quads on the other one as well was that was that was that a program like specifically driven towards a bikini physique was it that yeah that which is 
funny in itself because that was the original goal. Yeah. <laughs> Depends what federate what federation you compete in, doesn't it? <laughs> so I Actually, yeah, just tell tell people like because you should be celebrating <laughs> this because like you 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 won hands down. I'm going to say this right now. <laughs> you won. That's it. You won. But let just tell people if you if you don't mind, just explain what you what uh, the, the scenario. Sure. So what happened was my original goal was to compete in a natural bodybuilding competition, which was the um, for the UK DFBA Federation, which means that you're drug tested if you win. And then I was also doing a PCA competition as well as a bit of a practice. So that was originally going to be the April for the PCA one, kind of see how a show day went and just kind of get a really good idea of it to then aim for the September show, which was the natural one. So I ended up doing the PCA one in the Masters Bikini category. So that's against people who can take performance enhancement drugs. Um, and I came second. So I was absolutely thrilled. I've got an invite to the British finals next year. So made up with that. And then a week later, so I had another peak week. I was going for the natural bodybuilding one. And immediately when I got there, I could kind of tell that I was, that my body looked really different to everybody else's. I was like, ah, right, okay. Thought so I've either smashed it or this has gone a bit wrong. <laughs> and I was like, ah, it's gone a bit wrong. So when I was up on stage, I could kind of see the judges all talking and kind of like comparing me against the other bodies and everything. And first call outs is when the, they get like the top, the favourite three, bring them forward to the front of the stage. I wasn't in that and I thought, ah, no, I got like a real a bad vibe but I thought well I'm just gonna use it as experience and then when we got off I didn't place I was like okay I was gutted but I thought well I've done everything that I can do that was kind of like my aim for everything if it's if this federation isn't for me then you know that isn't for me sort of thing so then I got off stage and my coach messaged me and she said bollocks I've put you in the wrong category and I was like what what do you mean and I just thought, oh, it, you know, it's just one of those things. It's just been, you know, misjudged or whatever. But then actually when I got home, I was watching the live stream back and I heard all this feedback about me. And it said that, so in bodybuilding, so I've learned an awful lot through doing these comps now. Yeah. <laughs> You've got kind of like bikini, which is your entry level, which is a higher level of body fat and then a lower level level of muscular definition. And then in this federation, you go up to figure, which is slightly lower body fat, and then more muscle, up to fit body, and then finishing with bodybuilding at the end. So at being a novice, I thought, oh, I should be in the first category. Like, that's kind of what I was going for, having kind of, like, never done it before or anything like that. But what they ended up saying was that I should have been in fit body category because I was too lean, too muscular, and that's why I was always saying that I look like an Easter bunny turning up for a Father Christmas lookalike competition. I just did not suit fit the criteria at all. But fortunately, I heard the feedback and then the chairman of the federation reached out to me and he had a conversation with me, which was really, really kind to kind of like not discourage me or anything and to encourage me to compete next year, but in the right category. I think the thing at the thing there for me was like you killed it like in, in terms of like the, the what you, oh, yeah. you, look, you looked absolutely phenomenal on stage like blew blew my mind you know what I mean <laughs> how he looked and I, I think what it shows is when you go there next year you're gonna absolutely smash it because yeah. the, the, you know, the I, heard, 
Yeah, yeah, what I heard from what the judge was saying, it was like, you won. Yeah, yeah he said I would have won the fit body, obviously, like, you know, to be judged because they're the competitors, but I would have had a really good chance of winning some of the other categories. So I was just like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't have to just stood in the other one. Like, in terms right. of like the way it's, because I'm not sure, because I haven't, I haven't competed. I'm gonna I plan on competing in the future. On the show day, I take it you can't just kind of switch, switch over. No, ordinarily, what they said would have happened if it hadn't have been for COVID times is that they'd have come backstage and they would have got me to try and do the different poses for right. the other categories because the way that you present your body is different for the different classes. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it's like for male, but it's definitely quite different for female. So with bikini, you just have, you just have like quarter turn. Girls, can you turn a quarter? Yeah. And you do all of that. But then with the higher ones, you're actually trying to show specific muscle groups that you've been working on to define. So it's a bit more like the male bodybuilding presentation from what I understand. But that's what I'm going to learn in the next 12 months yeah. as well. So yeah, they would have had me backstage and got me on to have a go in the afternoon. But because of COVID, the numbers of the capacities are limited and everything, and obviously social distancing. So unfortunately, there wasn't anything that they could do on that day. So I just have to wait. I just have to do it for another year. Right. <laughs> What's another year? Getting up at half four. But yeah, that's the, that's the, the what it takes to just kind of get to those stages, of, especially like leanness, is something that you, you have to kind of think about thoroughly beforehand. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this was all day, every day on it. Like, I knew that I was stood on that stage and I didn't miss a beat. Yeah. There was a, I think there was one day when my nan, my nan passed away over the last 12 months and my Fitbit broke anyway, so I wouldn't have been able to have tracked steps properly. But that was the only day that I didn't hit my step target, my, nu- my nutritional targets I always hit. I had three days off over Christmas, which actually, like, hit me like a sugar train. It was, I didn't really like it, to be honest. <laughs> Was and it then, rest in terms of like resting, not training, not, not tracking what you're doing? Yeah. yeah, that was it. So I had three days off training. Even when I was on holiday, I still trained, but it was just a bit more, a bit more slack. But no, it was, I then went up to six days training as well. And always, and at the end, I got up to 18,000 steps a day, which is like for my little legs, Fair two point. and a half, three hours. So that's why I was walking around nesting. Constantly. <laughs> so, like, like when I was um, doing my mini cutting during lockdown, I felt like going back to like that kind of connection with your body. You felt like kind of a bit more. The steps were a bit heavier, like near in the end. You felt tired. Oh, yeah. Your body started to feel drained. You could feel like the energy kind of. Yeah. Low. It's a psychological game as well because I'd be sat here because I'd be working full time as well, and the neat kind of like really the hack to your knee really kicks in and you could just sit there all day and it's easy to just sit at a computer anyway yeah. but I think right I need to go and walk now I need to get an ex- like my extra three four thousand steps in be like right if I have a rice cake or have something I can go and do it and it's just using I was like training myself like a dog like to go on walkies or something yeah. and until the Tamagotchi but it was just like, right, do this, and then you get that that reward behaviour, and that's where the habits kind of come in as well, and yeah. aligning it with your goal. If you know where you want to get to, whatever that is, and obviously I was doing a much more extreme version, yeah. if I keep doing it, I will get there. If I don't do it consistently, I won't, and I've got a choice to make 
what do I want more? And the rewards that come along the way of proving to yourself that you can do something that you set your mind to, I think is one of the best things that you can do. And it it can start from, you know, possibly a position of vanity could be perceived by others, but it's nothing to do with that. You think that you want to hit a weight to be happy or, you know, complete or anything like that. But the benefits that you get along the way of treating your body with a bit more respect it just has such a knock-on effect on the rest of your life as well. And you inspire other people, you know, that they can do something similar as well. And that's exactly what happened to me. I saw people that I thought, you know, were behaving in a way that I wanted to behave or, you know, were looking a way that I wanted to look or, you know, like a culmination of all of that. I'm less stressed. I don't have the anxiety. I don't have the kind of whirling thoughts around my head anymore because yeah. I've got this thing that I really enjoy doing. So it's just really helped in so many different aspects of life. And then you feel better, your skin's better, your hair's healthier. And I get mine stuck in as well. Like that's why it's grown a lot. (laughs) (laughs) There are ways to help. (laughs) But yeah, it just helps in all all sorts of ways. It makes me more productive, makes me a better better person, I think. Yeah, it definitely all snowballs together, doesn't it? Because like you start to kind of, well, I don't like to use the term fuel because you're not really car-like, but you, you start to drink more water, you start to yeah. eat more protein, you get more vegetables in, vitamins, minerals, you get more rest, you, you go to yeah. bed earlier, you're not drinking as much, or you're not smoking, you, you're getting more activity in, and you're surrounding yourself with positivity and good, you know, good vibes and yeah. stuff. Rather than, and you recognise yeah. positivity more as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And it's about, because I read something that says that our brains are like like negative Velcro. We'll always stick on to the bad things, you know, that have happened. But if you, you have the ability to change that focus and change that aspect in your perception and just make being more aware of the brilliant things that are going on around you as well. And if the catalyst for that you found to be that you can pick up a weight in the morning or you can complete, you know, a class, with, with one of the team at Zone or something, or do something for yourself, you can hit 10,000 steps a day, or if it's 8,000, which is, you know, yeah. what you set out to do, the confidence that you then get because you can do something and you've committed to yourself then has such a positive impact on everything else that you do. And then you can build on that as well. Yeah, currently 336 steps today. <laughs> you have got your car on you. So I'm, I'm probably going to have to go for a walk after this as well. Like, the, the, obviously, people need to realise that the, the we're talking about bodybuilding. These, these are kind of more focused, extreme ends of what most people are looking to achieve. A, a lot of people that yeah. kind of they walk into a gym. Most people are, I'd say, most people are trying to lose some weight, lose some body fat, and just get a bit fitter and just get a bit healthy in general and just learn a bit more about nutrition and stuff. I think a lot of people know how they sh- what they should be doing. I don't think people are people aren't stupid, you know what I mean? I think yeah. that some people have been misled by charlatans on Instagram and all that kind of stuff. But people know what they need to be doing. They, they know that they should be getting to bed earlier. They know they should be drinking yeah. more water. They know they should be staying a bit more active. Probably not as extreme active as we are. You don't yeah. need to be. They know they should be getting plenty of veg in, plenty of protein. Protein, maybe not. I don't think people realise how much protein you actually need. 
yeah much more I think that's probably one of the biggest things that when I've been either helping some people or working with some people just like to try and hit like for a female 100 grams of protein a day can actually you know be quite difficult for people or it can be made to seem more difficult whereas in fact if there's a protein source that you like then just have more of it that's one of the easiest ways <laughs> to do it but yeah it's just kind of like understanding it's a doing it and it's a finding out how to do it and how it works for you as well kind of getting that guidance from somebody I think who can just say well why don't you try this try it for long enough as well it's the combination of those two things knowing what to do how to do it and then thirdly actually doing it for long enough so that you then see and feel how that how that is and that it gets you towards your goals but it's quite so many people will have been so close to achieving what they wanted to to do but then didn't kind of do it for those final two weeks or something and yeah. be really kind of like slave to the scales yeah that's so yeah it's like the, the, the length of time as well the consistency the habits good habits and bad habits take time to form um don't they you know what i mean so if, if you don't stick to it for long enough you probably won't latch on to those good habits for over time like you know do yeah. you do it automatically when you wake up drink drink some water what, what yeah. do you do what's watch i think a lot of people need to analyze what their automatic behaviors are because those are the ones that are the biggest drivers like do you just walk in after a hard day's work open the fridge and just eat a slice of cake yeah. automatically or do you drive past mcdonald's I'm not saying cake and mcdonald's are bad don't get me wrong are they replacing other things that are going to be more beneficial and more optimal to you yeah. like are you coming in cooking a meal or have you prepped a meal already done for you so you can just plug it in the microwave yeah. it's amazing what those what raising the awareness to like those they're like key performance indicators aren't they a, a job and those targets that you have mm. so I've got like a little book, which is a habit tracker that I've made. And I'll look at the steps, about what the weight, what my weight is that day, what time I went to bed, if I've done a workout and then kind of like more of like a nutritional target. And then I've got a little section for like, what, how do I feel that day and kind of what things have made me happy or what do I want to improve on? And then that acts as a bit of a trigger. If I do that every, do something of the morning and then something of an evening, it then sets me up for the rest of the day and it just kind of gives me that that guidance and that balance to it, which sounds a bit, it could sound a bit OTT to some people, but the benefit in spending that 10 minutes going through and setting myself up for the rest of the day then gives me the opportunity for the rest of that day to do it. Yeah. And it puts you in that right frame of mindset and you think you wouldn't ever start kind of like, I don't know, building a fence. I probably should just chosen something that I've got more experience in <laughs> but I'm gonna go with it if you haven't got the pillars in if you haven't worked out what you need to do to be able to build that fence how are you going to build that fence and have you counted have you got enough pieces of wood for it have you got enough pillars is it going to balance all that sort yeah. sort of thing and just so just raising your awareness to these KPIs if you like or the the habits that you have alongside that how you get that will get you closer to where you want to be as well and you don't have to do that forever either yeah. just do it until you learn and they're ingrained in you personally little habits as well like you like, like you just said like people i think a lot of people need to spend their time to to be a bit more anal a bit more analytical of what, what they're doing they're gonna need to spend that time because they've spent so much time of their life not doing it that those 
that they haven't got those behaviors in place like you said tracking your stuff is is, is a good idea not like that not not going oh i haven't got ten thousand steps in what am i going to do it's going oh what can i do next time like i haven't got enough protein in today so what can i do tomorrow to make sure i do get enough protein in but if you don't know that yep. you're you're not going in the right direction then you're not going to be able to change thing, things because like one of the key things that will always come up from a coaching perspective is right well i haven't lost any weight for two weeks what do i need to change do i need to cut my calories do i need to do more activity do we need to do the workout and you're like well actually hold on before you go to change anything have you been doing what the plan is because quite often it's not the plan's fault have you implemented the plan how are you sticking to what you you know will work it does work it's it's just science it is but you know are you tracking things as tightly as you need to be do you need to rein it back in a bit because if you're monitoring those things, um, so if you know that you've only got on average 8,000 steps a day, for example, instead of your target 10,000, which is what your nutrition is kind of accounted for, you've then missed out on all those steps in that day. You've then got a reason as to why you've not got where you thought you would do. Isn't that liberating? You'd be like, all oh, right, that's why. So I just need to do that. Or I understand that if I don't do that, I'm not going to be there. And it can be that simple as well. Definitely the consistency as well, like especially with the nutritional side. Like from what I've read, like uh, we are terrible at estimating what we're eating. Absolutely yeah. horrendous. If I if I ad lib just don't track and I just eat whatever, I'm guarantee I will gain, gain a lot of body fat. It's not because I'm gorging myself. It's just it's the it's the extra twenty grams of peanut butter. It's the extra ten yeah. grams of olive oil extra day. And people don't realise it take, takes time to build mass. If it's yeah. fat or or muscle, fat comes on a lot quicker, but it still takes time. Yeah, it does, it's not it? overnight. <laughs> you don't wake up overnight and you go, where did this come from? No, but we always, I, kind of, I hear that like, oh, it just happens with age. And it's like, <laughs> no, because yeah. age is time. Age is just time. Yeah. And it's also lack of activity, lack of muscle mass, lack of protein. Those behaviours over time, which have led to that, I want to say state conditions <laughs> <laughs> to that status though isn't it and you know it's a then trying to unpick that if that weight has crept on over 10 years it's not going to take 10 years to to undo that but it's going to take a, a much different set of behaviors to to alter it but you can do it yeah you if can you... So, yeah definitely that's what people do people I think a lot of people the, the jump on jump on things don't see results quickly and then they jump on something else and don't see results and jump and keep up they keep on jumping and that's a lot yeah. same with training as well people jump on one plan don't get results yeah. and like oh i'm not big enough yet and they jump on something else that's it isn't it because as we were saying before about kind of male female training and similarities different crossovers etc really you've only got your basic lifts that you actually need for bodybuilding and whether that's you know the actual bodybuilding or kind of just to build some muscle um if you keep doing those i mean like bet you stick to your program for a hell of a long time before you change anything yeah whereas previous things you do something for a week or two and be like oh, i'm bored with that now yeah and switch it it's like well you know the better thing to do is to stick with it and monitor what you're doing with it and see how far you can push that weight yeah 
with your form staying correct and everything to be able to do it. I mean, there's no difference of that between males and females either, is there? Yeah, I think the, the differences are very, very minute and probably yeah. not even worth mentioning for gen pop. I say gen pop like I'm not gen pop. Like, <laughs> like, I know, it's like, know, like, like gen pop. But yeah, I think the the the, the propensity like that to like that instant gratification like oh I, like some people like they'll they'll say I don't feel sore after the third week. I'm like good. You're not yeah, you're not I meant to feel sore. Yeah, you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you feel sore, there's an issue with your training. Uh, yeah. Or why shouldn't I be sweating? Shouldn't I uh, be you know feel like I've done a workout? Like a lot of the times, I'll walk out a gym session and I'll be like, I didn't even do anything, but I've been deadlifting, pressing, really heavy weight. Like I'm, I'm doing something, you know what I mean? But I, I'm seeing those results in another years, two years time, ten years time. That's the exciting bit, though, isn't it? Once you've kind of like been able to get your head around that part is that you are going to see everything that you're doing in years to come. Like, I love now that in my back, so my lats that I'm trying to build in my shoulders. And what a back. It's going to be from sitting in a cons- on a conservatory floor in lockdown of 2020 with a band and a broom <laughs> trying to get a lat pull down. Yeah. That's a bit of history that's now in my body, like swinging a fabric conditioner around as a kettlebell because it hadn't arrived yet. And... <laughs> You know, like I think when I was doing it at the time, I thought I'm going to see this in like four months time. And that's always going to be a part of what you've done. But kind of getting your head around it, that it does take that long to be able to do it. is like a real key thing. And then you start looking for other things. So I will always now track my total volume. So that's what I'm always writing in like my little book and everything is working out how much I've actually lifted over that session. Yeah. And then it takes the kind of it takes the attention away from thinking like you just said you know oh I haven't been really I haven't sweated today I haven't got anything to kind of show for it I don't feel drained I don't you know I've I've left everything in the gym as they say you know it felt like it at the time but then you question it I've got my logbook that I can then go back to and I'll be like on like a leg session I've lifted like 21,000 kilograms And I tell my dad and he'll go, you've done what? <laughs> and then, you know, seeing the next week, can I just tweak it a little bit more? Can I go up a percent? Yeah. Can I get an extra rep out? I think, well, if I get an extra leg press out, that'd be like an extra hundred or something, right? Yeah. Going to do that. And they're the other things that keep you going within those chunks of your training period as well. So having those little tiny, small wins, isn't it? They, they call it just little yeah. tiny little things rather than going... Because if you if you got like a big goal in mind, like quite a lot of weight, or you're looking to build a certain amount of muscle, just focusing on that as an ep- the end point and going, oh, I can't wait to get there, can't wait to get there. It, it's going to yeah. drain the enjoyment out of your life. And yeah. then when you do finally get there, then you can be like, oh, now what? <laughs> it's kind of like yeah, exactly, yeah. I don't think a lot of people just uh, need to enjoy the the journey don't they rather than like they say enjoy the journey rather than destination yeah it's so true because you haven't you don't know what you're going to feel like at that destination either and you might not like it but if you can find ways of doing things that you along the way said that you really enjoy because I I, um, was doing like I do the body combat for steps that's exactly the same thing as walking around it's trapped in the same way and counts towards the same goal but it's a different way of doing it like club size as well absolutely hilarious love all of that yeah uh, you know 
I'm doing it for the same reason why I would be going for a walk or going for a run. If you don't like running, go walking. It just takes a bit longer. You know, that's all. But there's other ways to manipulate things. Um, and if you don't really like lifting heavy weight, you know, weights on your own, one of the classes or something is perfect for it, you know, to help with your confidence and everything as well. And then just try different things. There's always a way to be able to do it. Yeah, like you said before, there's different ways to skin the cat, isn't there? And like you can, I say, like you don't have to squat, you don't have to bench, you don't have to use no. machines, you don't have to do high reps, you don't have to do low reps. There's there's so many different ways to, to build muscle that you, you just got to find what you enjoy. You could do a four day split, three day split, you can do two days if you really want to, if you're running or push yourself. Yeah, because for this, um, so I've got a different coach this season and it's completely different. So I'm really enjoying learning kind of like that approach as well so i've got a meal plan rather than macros yeah um, training day food versus non-training day food okay, cool. days, um which is really different for me because i'm used to kind of like that doing something every day yeah. I sundays were like twenty thousand steps so i'd just be walking <laughs> i'd go the opposite way out right. the house and yeah. then end up doing a much bigger circuit need to like come in for a coffee and that but yeah just learning more about the different ways that you can do it as well so what, what are the major differences between your two plans so this is more of a bro split right um and then the food is different so i don't get to choose my food this time and then i've noticed that the i would kind of just be looking really at where my uh, where my protein was rather than carbohydrates kind of like all throughout the day right it's much more carbohydrate before i go to bed which is quite different from what I've done before. So I've like six rice. Have you seen that fish and rice cakes? <laughs> yeah, <That>. yeah. <laughs> Instead of fish and rice cakes, my friend was taking the piss out of me. Uh, <laughs> I have like six rice cakes and um, like 250 grams of yogurt yeah. and then some um, frozen strawberries in it. And I'm sat there like chomping these like rice cakes down. <laughs> so yeah, more meal plan. And then the fats are different as well. So I have like more, what do I have in a day? So I've got like a post-workout meal specifically, which is like fast carbohydrates. So with the rice, because um, I have to have rice flake porridge because I can't have normal porridge. Right. And um, protein, loads of eggs, like a lot of eggs, like four eggs in the morning. Really? Yeah. Which is like, so I've got a tray from the butchers. <laughs> I'm like, them <laughs> Just away chilling through. them down, yeah. Like boiled, scrambled, what was it, like, poached. I'm like, oh, which ones do I want to make? Yeah. Like chicken and veg steak and veg so steaks on my plan as well and then i've got the rice cakes as well and then like 150 calorie snack or a 300 calorie snack which is like something that i can choose myself which is nice yeah but it's taking the decision out of things as well isn't it it's like right okay that saves the time got your meal plan get your food prep done then sort it and then my training split is different so i've got we're trying to build more lats so more of that like lat taper to build out and then the glutes as well so that's what i really need to focus on for this next next year so totally different machine work um using the smith machine a lot as well yeah. for shoulder press and then for squats as well whereas i'd normally do free squats but when i was listening to your and um david's podcast about saying about the form and everything with the squats and i was like yeah i really do need to like work on that yeah. <laughs> I think we like it's never something you ever. You, you, a lot of people they get like probably ninety percent proficiency, and the rest of it you're always t- keeping on top of. I think in terms yeah. of the, the 
major licks. Like you never, you never like a hundred percent. This is perfect. Like Dave will ask me what his forms like, and I'll ask Dave and Luke yeah, what the forms like, and we will ask each other. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of people do. They they struggle with the kind of the um, the ego getting in the way, and they're going, yeah. "I know what I'm doing." It's like you don't like that was terrible. No. You're gonna hurt yourself, but you yeah. can't say that to people, obviously, because. I can't just walk up to someone and go, your, your squat's crap, you're going to hurt yourself, because it'll just be like... <laughs> you, there's some of the stuff you see sometimes, is just even online and stuff, it's just absolutely horrendous. Like, it's just like... Yeah, well, I think also because I'm so short as well, because I'm doing more machine work and everything, Right. I've had to send videos over to my coach, and he'll, like, he'll be like, how the hell are you doing that? No, what you need to do is, so like even on like lap pull-down, I need to put plates underneath my feet so right. that I'm in a better position um, to be able to like lock myself in it rather than kind of like come off. I'm, like kind of scooping my feet under. I'm trying to like cling on. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm just sending in these videos and it looks like I've never been in a gym before, which is just funny. But again, it's all about the aim, you know, the aim and where you're going as well and learning along the way, not being afraid to drop the weights, get the form right and then push on because actually... Why would you be doing anything that isn't going to get you to where you want to be? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's humbling as well, isn't it? Because you go, right, yeah. this is like, oh, right, I was doing it wrong. Like, And then you start seeing results again, and you're like, oh, right, this is how you're meant to be doing it, Sam. Yeah, exactly. And I was on the rear delt fly machine, and I was like, I just can't get quite in the right position or anything. I was like, I think I need to be higher. So I was laughing, saying, do you think I need a booster seat? And he went, no, just stand up on it. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> You don't think about these things yourself, and that's why you need a coach, because there's someone out there outside your perspective looking down and going, right, you, there we go, because a lot of the stuff, because we see, like, you see the rear delt machine all the time, don't you, so you don't yeah. even realise sometimes, like, you, well, right, that's it. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, like, I can coach, I can coach people doing it, but again, seeing you need somebody outside of your own perspective to be able to, you know, to give you that feedback and somebody who, whose opinion you respect as well you'd <laughs> be like yeah. yeah okay fair enough yeah <laughs> in terms of the like the people probably won't might, some people might not know what bro split is so if you, you just like explain what the bro split means yeah sure so bro split is around specific targeting specific muscle groups and um, that you're going to be working as well so you break them up into muscle groups so to help with your recovery so you can kind of maximize the potential of one group so hamstrings for example um on one day and then i'll do an upper chest um triceps on another day and then i'll have a rest and then i'll do what i left with quads on the third day and then on the fourth day i'll do back and biceps and then i've got shoulders on the two days of the upper body as well and then you rotate it so that it then gives you at least two to three days per muscle group primary muscle group that you're working on so that then you can get the best performance out of it and the best recovery because recovery is so so important you can only recover from uh, you can only have adaptations if you rest and recover so yeah, have the right so like stimulate recover adapt isn't it that's that's how, how it yeah works. constant flux as in with the protein synthesis as well so for muscle building you're constantly in that state aren't you where you're trying to maximize the kind of stress on it yeah. and then maximize the relaxation Going from one extreme to the other. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. All that's, the what, time. that's what I, uh, that's what it is, though, isn't it? It's, 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 it's constant cycles 
like it's how the universe works, it's how our body works. It's just cycles yeah. over okay, and over again. And we're, we're losing well. fat, dropping fat, we're building fat, we're building muscle, we're dropping muscle. It's that balance yeah. of these things over time that actually makes the difference. Yeah, so when going back to like it being a 14 month process, or that's what it was for me, it's actually built of so many small processes in between that as well. So whereas it can seem like it's such a massive length of time, you're never really in one state for that long. Even in the day, you're thinking, all right, well, okay, well, food's done for today, right, I'll get some more tomorrow and, like, crack on with it. Yeah. And then back to training. Like, like, your volume at the moment is, I'd imagine it's quite high, um, being, like, an intermediate uh, lifter, because you've been training for a long time now, haven't you? So um, yeah. the amount of volume that you need. So for, for like... For instance, a beginner probably wouldn't be doing a bro split. They'd be doing yeah. something like a, like a linear progression, wouldn't they? They'd be doing pretty low volume, maybe like eight to ten maximum um, yeah, sets max per week that. per group. But for you, you need a lot more to kind of, because your body needs a bit more of a push, I'd imagine. Yeah, and it's the activation exercises as well, um, which are really important for me, which I'm learning more about as well. Mm. So bodyweight exercises to start off with for glute activation and lat activation in particular. So glutes for my lower days and then the lats for the for the upper days. But we're talking like four to five, four sets of 15 reps even before I start a workout and then getting into it. And it'll be three to four sets of the lowest reps I've got are on the squats, which are eight to 10. And it's always a range as well so that you know when you can go up to your next um, level of weights three to four sets, mainly four sets, sitting between like 12, probably up to 12 reps. Right. Different exercises. Not as many supersets on this stage because it's back to strength building. Yeah. Um, we're trying to get the maximum out of like the compound lifts. So for your squats, lots of lunges as well. Adductors, abductors, hip thrusts, always got a feature in there. Yeah. Try not to fly off the bench as you try and do it. <laughs> Which is always my thing. I was like trapping myself onto the bench. Right. <laughs> yeah, but it's really nice to be able to do something a bit different as well because the volume got so high when I was doing the fat loss. Yeah. Bit. That was like four sets of 15 reps. But then my last set had to be go to absolute failure. And I find it, don't find it hard to get to failure, but for say something on the leg press, my mind will go, Oh, you did 22 last week, so this week you're doing more. I think uh, the, the stage you're at, you have to kind of force that, do you? Because you're, yeah. the, the amount of variables that come into play when you are trying to train towards failure is how do you feel the day? Are you listening to cool music? Have you eaten properly? What you're sleeping like? Your hydration? Are you had, did you have an argument yeah. with someone? All those variables can kick into play and go and make you do less than you thought you could have done in that exercise meaning yeah. you make less progress but I think at your like your stage you need to kind of go drill that all out of your head and go right what did I do last week I'm going to do better yeah. than what I did last week because you need to because yeah. yeah. that's your a bit more measurement then of your progress because you're thinking everything else is kind of being drained from you as well and you're really fighting against it mm. and then that's when it comes down to right do you want this enough do you want it hard enough? Do you want that goal as much as you say you do? Right, get on and do it. Yeah. And that's what I love about it as well. And it goes back to it, doesn't it? It's like the kind of like that big, big overarching goal. Like, I want to get really lean or 
I want to lift as much as possible. And it is kind of like you need that kind of big drive in your life to help drive the smaller drives. Yeah, definitely. You know that they're like your ingredients for your overall recipe, don't without sounding too corny. But you've got to tick those little boxes to try and hit that big box um, that you're working towards as well. And you're like, right, I know what I need to do, get on and do it, but fall in love with the process as well. And then it's just, it's, it's so enjoyable. It's the best thing. It's, I've just loved it. I've loved, if I hadn't have loved every single thing that I was doing with it, don't get me wrong. I did find parts of it difficult as well, but I had the right mindset about it. I thought I have chosen to do this I'm privileged to be able to do it in so many ways yeah I I think when you've had injuries as well whether it's been through being an idiot leapfrogging a bollard or it's been something that's kind of not been <laughs> I've been less culpable for yeah <laughs> uh, you know or like things that happen in life as well because you know life is life isn't it yeah if you have an appreciation for what you can do, what your mind can do and what your body is capable of as well, you, you're you not going to go wrong. That's going to help drive other aspects of your life because you get more confidence. You might find that you have a bit more confidence to go up to your crappy boss and go, screw you, I'm going to get another job, I'm not happy. Uh, yeah. you know, it might help you bond with people a lot better because you're maybe yeah. not very social and you find a group to, to be part of. Yeah, finding similar people as well, isn't it? I know like how much we've been talking about it as well and it's just really nice to bounce ideas off somebody else and like, oh, how do you do this? Or how did you feel doing that? Or what strategies have you tried and what have you felt worked? Or, you know, and then people can come to you and then suddenly you're somebody who who gets asked these questions as well and you can give them the benefit of your experience and your knowledge and kind of like the, the difference between the two as well. And knowing that you're approachable for for people to ask you as well is a wonderful thing because that's what people have done for me as well so it's really nice to be able to pass that on to other people yeah definitely it gets it kind of gets me up in the morning it's kind of like it does sound morbid like but if it probably if i didn't if i didn't get into weightlifting if i didn't get into training at the zone like i probably slim chances i wouldn't be here right now if i'm being totally honest with you and the, the, the kind of community, the, the goals, just like the kind of camaraderie that you get with it, that kind of the passion yeah. as well that you get, the, the ability to go, you know what, I'm, I'm, I didn't think I could do that, but I'm good, I'm, I've done it, I've done yeah. it now. That's why it's really annoying in these times where gyms have been lumped together with other, other yeah. places and have been shut down, because the, the biggest thing about gyms is that, that community and that support, <laughs> somewhere to go. It totally is. I'm just going to turn this light on. Sorry, it's absolute talk. <laughs> you're right. It's so important. It's everything else that that community, that activity gives you. It's people who are on maybe similar journeys, but different stages of it as well. And if you can see that somebody else is where kind of, or they, you know, are confident or happy in themselves and they've been through, they've probably been through very similar things and you're just seeing them at a different stage in that journey as well. But if people have got experiences to share and talk about, I think it's really good that more people are talking about things and how important mental health is with physical health and that they're very much aligned. 
and it's really empowering that it's something that you can do for yourself as well but you can do it in a place where there's similar like-minded people who just want the best for you it's nice seeing that click as well like in people like you, you, you see that little kind of spark during a training or you see someone training that you've given a plan or something and they you, you just see that it's clicked and they've found some the, the confidence it's like they'll they'll look like they'll lift the weight and then they'll go hmm look at it and go and then go get something heavier and like yes yeah. yes yeah. You brilliant it. isn't it Beautiful. Uh, like they'll be really proud as well and they'll tell you they'll be yeah. like i did this today yeah. and you're like that's amazing it's beautiful and, it's beautiful isn't it like they're just passing yeah. it on and just feeling just feeling the same feelings that you initially got when you first started as well I think. yeah because i think sometimes it can be really easy to i know when i was doing um my fitness instructor my level two and it was right back to kind of like gym induction sort of thing mm. And it's been that many years since I started at a gym that you can really forget how intimidating that it could potentially, it could yeah. be perceived, but it's actually the opposite. And there's so many people, because I've been at Zone now since lockdown, for the first lockdown was lifted. So what's that, July, August? August. Yeah, yeah July, August. wasn't it? No, actually, yeah, it was August. Yeah. It's weird. Time, just gone then anyway, hasn't it? <laughs> Even in that short space of time, everybody made me feel welcome. And then kind of like you just start talking to people and like we've got like a little 6am crew, although I ended up rocking up about half six. Picked out of it. Just that camaraderie and everything. And then seeing like Gemma, who I used to go to primary school with as well, which yeah. was mad. We used to play netball when we were 10. No, but just to be able to kind of like have that familiarity and those common goals and everything. Yeah. You've all gone your own separate ways and you've all come what, back. You lift as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was a hamstring curl and it was like, we didn't realise until we saw each other on Instagram later and it was like, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> I do like seeing you. I don't know what it is about it. It's probably because I'm just like um, a bit biased towards it, like in terms of weightlifting. But when I do see people that are just new to it and they start enjoying weightlifting, I'm like, yeah, you're just gonna love it. But yeah, like you get so excited about it, and it's like um, you see that that passion that you, that gets ignited, oh, and you hope oh, that yeah. they take it and then use it and, and like do the same thing that you've done in your life, kind of thing. Like, yeah, you so like you know how good it's gonna feel. You know that they're gonna, f how amazing they're gonna feel, and the longer that they keep doing it as well. And I think even just like seeing people there and then becoming friends as well. Mm. It, Sometimes, because I, I live on my own, so some days they can be the only people that you actually see in yeah. real life. Obviously not right now, but <laughs> be looking forward to that again. But it's like, real people! And it's like people don't realise how, well, I think people do realise in these times how important that is, that connection. Like, the, even like something as simple as like speaking to someone or or just touch even you know what i mean just like those kind of things that we we, we haven't got anymore because of the current situation that we've i was reading something about uh, touch starvation how it affects how it affects the mental state over time as well it's like how how difficult it is for people especially living in living alone stuff where you just haven't got that connection and then you kind of like you get you do start to lose more and more connections you don't really want to reach out to people that much and I think people need to need to reach out 
in those times more. They need to kind of go out there and go call people, ring people up, text them, whatever. They need to get that connection going. I mean, I think that's where, like you were saying, it's just such a shame that gyms have been grouped into that category where, you know, we're not allowed to, to train. It's so important for us to be able to do it. And I just hope that after these four weeks, it is allowed back in because it's, just, it's so important for people. It really is. It's been one hour, 20 minutes. Oh, wow. We <laughs> did know it was going to be a long one, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, I know. But this has been a really smashing episode. And I am um, really, uh, I'd like you to come back on. I'd love it if you could. If you could talk oh, about other aspects of training and stuff. That would be absolutely fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> if you could give us some top tips for any female trainees specifically who are a bit intimidated they want to they're thinking about getting toned building a bit of muscle but they're a bit worried about going into the gym um what they can start doing to kind of ease themselves in and what they should be trying to aim for yeah sure so what i would say is that really good thing to do is to if you can afford it hire a pt just to give you that induction at least um, some familiarity with the with the different exercises that you know you will want to be doing buddy up with a friend as well and probably one of the first things that I started doing was go doing like a circuit class where you will get a real kind of idea without feeling like anybody's watching you nobody is watching you by the way and if they are it's because they're either inspired by you or want to help you and want to encourage you and ask people for help as well because more than likely everybody will want to be making sure that you're enjoying it and you get the most out of it because they will have felt like you at some point and so, just keep trying it be consistent yeah consistency i think that's one of the biggest ones isn't it yeah consistency is massive and also eating enough definitely not this kind of starve binge cycle just be a bit more consistent with your food as well, consistent with your training. If you're looking to do a fat loss sort of thing, give it a good six weeks and, you know, get a plan, stick to it, give it a really good go and believe in yourself. Give yourself confidence because you can do it. You just might not know how to. So that's what you've got to practice and you've got to learn and find a way that works for you. Hallelujah. Hey! The goddess has spoken. <laughs> the goddess of gains has spoken. <laughs> Thou shall receive the enlightenment. Thank you very much, Nicola, for uh, coming on to the, the podcast. Where can people see you for inspiration and also just general loveliness on the, on the social media? I was going to say, I walk around Neston a lot. Right. <laughs> Anyone in Neston? With a coffee and headphones. <laughs> I am on Instagram. Do you know what? I changed my handle and I don't know what it is, but I'm on the zone one, I think. Right. So... On Facebook, I'm just there. I'll, I'll, link, I'll link your Instagram on the description. Yeah, because if anyone wants any pointers or anything, feel free to shoot me a message. I am qualified now. Uh, <laughs> it's partially good advice. Yeah. A lot of it's experience as well and trying yeah, things um, as well. You can have a degree and not know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you've got the experience and the know-how. Yeah, but again, don't be afraid, just ask. Thank you very much again for joining us and uh, we'll definitely see you on another episode. Uh, thanks very much, James. Take care.